Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There is no better of plus of flower Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. When I was at the Californian Spring Trials a fortnight or so ago, I was taken by the Magnificent series of violas on display. And today I'm joined by Rob Chapman from Victorian Violas a man who has dedicated his life to the breeding of violas. My thanks to Hayloft, sponsors of this podcast, and of course to my producer, Charlie Jones. Well, it's commonplace to speak about the weather when I open up this podcast, and uh, last week I had minus five Oh dear, uh, I had a begonia in the polytunnel, must have been 15 or 18 inches high, and the frost just singed all the top off it. Uh, fortunately, it is still alive, and the lower leaves and shoots uh, are unharmed, so with luck it should grow again. It just needed me to put a bit of fleece over it to give that little bit of extra protection. And last weekend, of course, Mothering Sunday, I mean, the gardening business just took off. We usually see the Mothering Sunday weekend as the start to the gardening spring year. People go in and buy a plant or some flowers for mother and then get a bit of stuff for their garden at the same time. But, I mean, this year, I mean, the weather was just fantastic on Saturday and Sunday and sales were 40, 50 and 60% up and most of it in plant and compost. So... Uh, it's all set fair for a really good gardening spring and year by the looks of things. I had an exciting uh, day last week too. Went to the Worshipful Company of Gardeners uh, dinner in the uh, Apothecary Hall in London. I love those old guild halls. They're full of history and some really fine buildings. They were kind enough to give me the Prince Edward Award for Services to Education of Young People. And as part of the presentation, there's a really fine book. It's called The Queen's Mulberries. I hadn't remembered that uh, in Buckingham Palace Garden they have the National Collection of uh, Mulberries. I hadn't realised either just how many there were. But it's a really fine book with uh, every different cultivar painted uh, and the book really is just a series of those prints. Very pleased to receive the book and the award. I was very interested to hear and read about the mining in Whitby for polyhalite. Apparently there's some 450 staff working away, drilling, a mile deep. It'll be one of the uh, deepest mines dug, I think, to uh, bring out this potash-rich fertiliser. It's going to do all kinds of things. It's going to bring employment to the area, earn a great deal of money, 
uh, a fair bit of which is going to be uh, distributed into the local environment there and I would think would be most welcome. Now, polyhalite has uh, 14% potassium. You know, it's quite high in terms of uh, garden fertiliser. It's got 17% calcium, you know, the lime, and and 6% magnesium. It's being described as organic because it's just dug from the soil. It's not in any way man-made. And apparently the export potential for it is enormous. I'm told that the engineering involved is quite remarkable because it is in an area of natural beauty and so all of the work has to be out of sight. Both the mining and all of the mining operation and the way that the polyhalite is shipped from the mine out to the coast where it'll be put on, there will be some treatment there, but then put on boats to be sold round the world. I'm surprised I haven't heard more about that uh, in the general news. It's going to be a year or two before the mine's in operation, but it's an unbelievable civil engineering exercise. We shouldn't be surprised that uh, garden centre sales are absolutely soaring. I mean, the weather in March this year compared to the snow and beast from the east last year makes gardening, you know, much more uh, comfortable, shall we say. Uh, Olden Garden Centre in Essex uh, report plant sales up 89% in March and 60% up in the year. You know, that to me is very good news, that people are out in their gardens, in the fresh air, growing things and getting pleasure from gardening. So long may we have fine weekends and garden centre sales continuing to soar. It's not just in uh, Great Britain either. The people I were travelling with in America two or three weeks ago, they were having a pretty good time too and plant sales there were doing very well. Gardeners, things are on the up. Now when it comes to uh, the day-to-day, then this is the time to be sowing sweet corn. I like to sow it in cells. So if you've bought six or 12 packs of bedding and you've still got those empty containers, that's just the job to sow sweet corn. It likes warmth to get it germinated. And then, of course, once it's up and a few inches high, we'll be into May and it can be planted out. It's time, too, for sowing most of the summer veg You know, you need to be sowing a short row of peas every two weeks or so if you want to pick pods successionally. And now's a good time to be sowing beetroot, carrots, turnip. And when it comes to the salads, if you haven't sown any lettuce, yes, you can certainly do that. But you can save some time if you nip to the garden centre and buy a pack of plants. It'll give you a a six-week start and you'll be cutting leaves in no time at all. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Last week, I was uh, recounting my experience uh, traveling from Los Angeles to San Francisco, uh, looking at the spring trials in California and I was stopped in my tracks on one of the visits by a really strong sweet fragrance and when I followed that perfume came across some really stunning violas and was delighted to find that they'd come from Britain bred in practice by uh, Rob Chapman of Victorian violas and we've got Rob on the line today. Uh, Rob you must be uh, thrilled really to see uh, your hybrids attracting such attention all that way uh, from home. Well I'm obviously absolutely delighted Peter. Um, They've been over in America for about five or six years now and I understand from the firm involved that's dealing with it, Plantaven International that they are being now sold worldwide. So that includes places like New Zealand and those sort of places that are very keen on gardening. And uh, it's lovely to get some of your own produce around the place like that. We're really, really pleased. Yeah, and, I mean, it's all these new plants produced by just you and your good lady. Just two people in Lincolnshire raising something good enough to uh, be planted in gardens around the world. My congratulations to you. How long have you been uh, breeding violas? Well, we've only got a very, very small little patch for doing our breeding work. Um, I went into it in a much bigger way during the last 20 years after a full career in the horticultural industry, having worked at Springfield Gardens in Spalding in my early years and having my own nursery for about 30 years. Uh, The viola has always been a passion for me, Peter, since a small boy. And over the years, I've always had a viola in my garden, one way or the other. And over the last 10 years, we started to grow more violas, the perennial type, as you know, and exhibit at the major flower shows. During that period, we've had 10 or more gold medals from Chelsea, Hampton Court, Gardener's World, lots of major shows throughout the UK. And it was obvious that we needed to do breeding work. We started off with some older varieties, some of them even that were around during the early part of the 20th century, old favourites such as Maggie Mott and things like that, that are the ancestors of today's. But looking at them all, and of course I needed to find out the best way of going about it to get what we wanted. And at the end of the day, it was things like more scent, which you just mentioned from the varieties in America. The varieties that you're probably talking about over there, we can discuss in a few moments. But also the vigour, the vigour of violas, because these violas, in actual fact, are perennial. 
and the extra vigour makes sure that they sustain themselves through the following winter after a summer of flowering. And they can almost be put in as a full perennial, either in the garden or pots and containers around the, around the place. And the other thing that we were looking for, and a couple of things, one was mainly the frilled petals, which I noticed from Victorian era, they were quite popular. So where are those genes gone to? They must still be in the plant somewhere. And believe it or not, after a fair bit of research, I found some varieties that carry that gene. And now we've got two special varieties available at the moment that have not only got the frilled petals, but highly scented as well, namely Blue Sails and Bridey, both of which were selected in the finals of Chelsea Flower Show over two separate years. So we're extremely pleased. We'll carry on doing breeding in all sorts of ways. And at the moment, obviously, we've got plants in the pipeline. And it's a long, long way from sowing the seed to getting a plant that's proven variety worthy of introduction. Uh, and I know everybody appreciates the fact that it is a long time, but they have to be trialled and they have to be made sure that they're ready for market. Can we just clear the air a little bit? Because most people, when they go to their local nursery or garden centre, will buy pansies and violas, and of course they'll all be seed-raised, won't they? Yes, well, it's, it, it is important to, to define the difference between them. The seed-raised hybrids, which are available everywhere during the late autumn and spring, uh, little tiny flowers, they're absolutely fantastic. They light up our gardens in the spring, planted in baskets and tubs and things like that. But they're not perennial. In actual fact, they're so vigorous as far as flowering can, as, uh, produces fl flowers for them, is that they virtually flower themselves to death. And by the time it comes to bedding plant time, it's virtually time to throw them away. So there we've got to plant something else, and then in comes the perennial violas. Planted at that time during March, April and May, these plants will flower continuously and through until the end of September when they can be cut back ready for next year. So March, May is the best time to plant your yeah. perennial violas? Absolutely. Uh, um, and, and you cut them back in the autumn, but then how do you reproduce them? All these perennial violas are all produced from cuttings. All cutting production. For obvious reasons, Peter, they have to be kept true to type. The seed is nowhere near true to type. Uh, and when would you take those cuttings and how easy is it? Well, as far as the gardener's concerned, if he plants his plants in the spring, by the time it comes to midsummer and temperatures start to rise, that is the time of year when you give your perennial viola what I call a summer siesta. If it comes under stress from a lot of uh, high temperatures, which they did last year, we simply cut them back about halfway, cut all the flowers off, and then what we do is give them a little bit of a boost of a feed. But during those two or three weeks when you're giving your plant nut siesta, you will see the new little shoots coming up from the centre of the crown in profusion. These you can take for cuttings if you wish. So you'd be taking cuttings, what, August, September? Uh, well, it's sort of July, August, actually. Right, yeah. 
and then you just root them as you would root any other soft cutting. Yeah, well, it gives you time then to get a reasonable plant yeah. to keep for over winter. And you'd keep it over winter in a pot before you plant it again in uh, March, May? Oh, I would do that, yes. I yeah. would, yeah, yeah. Well, now let's come back to the varieties. Uh, you mentioned blue sails. I mean, when I looked at um, your uh, online uh, catalogue, it listed 90 cultivars. Are you really growing 90 different um, yes, we are. We perennial are. violas? Yes, we are. Goodness, yep. that's quite a collection, isn't it? Well, it is a quite a collection, but everyone's different, Peter, and we love every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if I'm sitting at home listening to this and thinking, oh, I must have a go at these perennial violas, how on earth do I choose from 90 different ones? Well, we have a little trick up our sleeve. What we do is people can either choose individual varieties or I do my recommended collections. We do a garden collection and a patio and pot collection. So we can put collections together for people that are not quite sure what they want. They're recommended for for different purposes. And if you had to list, what shall we say, five, could you sort of run through some of them and uh, some of that sort of five selection and what they would give us? I mean, you've mentioned particularly blue sails and the frilliness. Is is blue sails frilly? Yes, I'm going to start with blue sails quickly. Uh, this is a sea blue splashed white beauty with wavering petals, highly scented and excellent uh, for a little cut flower in a small vase. Really? As with bridey, exactly the same. The lovely frill petals, creamy primrose with a mauve edging and obviously beautifully scented. And they can be cut also into small vases. Absolutely superb. And so that's almost like the old... Um palmer violet then except with a much bigger flower if you're cutting it and taking it indoors much better than the old violet to be honest it uh, it's they're a real pleasure in small vases uh, just beautiful for windowsills and uh, kitchen tables a lot of our customers put them in cut flowers now moving on to a couple of other varieties one of my particular favorites is one of my earliest introductions called sunny jim and this one is in America. You would probably see it, the golden yellow one. I did, yes. The scent is absolutely unbelievable. The hardiness is incredible. And the plant itself can grow to up to 10 to 12 inches across in a large pot. And I have one on my patio here at the moment that I'm actually looking at that's been in that pot for five years. With a little refreshing each year and feeding, it's absolutely lovely. And to follow Sonny Jim, we have Sweetheart, the other one that you would have saw in the United States. This is extremely vigorous on a similar vein as uh, Sonny Jim for vigor. It has the most beautiful bicolor, and it's just absolutely scented, absolutely fantastic. And then the last one that I'm going to mention to you is um, an, an old variety, which I actually haven't bred but it's called uh, Ivory Queen. And it's been on the go a long, long time, and it's highly recommended for garden planted, planting. A lovely creamy white one with a scent. So that's fine for you, Peter. Do you want me to carry on with the other 95? <laughs> I, 
I, d- I don't think so, but, but um, I'm always uh, uh, seeking advice on how to grow things better. And, and when you spoke about your five-year-old, Sonny Jim, uh, that you're sitting there looking out at, you said you gave it some kind of treatment. I mean, what, did you top-dress it then? Uh, well, what we do is they're all cut back in the autumn, and our autumn feed is a sprinkle of bone meal. And we do put bone meal on to sustain the plant through the winter to keep the roots nice and healthy, ready for growing away in the spring. We cut the plant right back to the crown. And with the feed, providing it's kept reasonably moist to a certain extent, it will grow itself. But the weather doesn't usually affect them. The pot can be totally and utterly frozen for long periods of time. We have them out in the winter all the all the time we went through the really hard winter of a few years ago when they were all frozen solid for several weeks and they just come flying through again when we get around to the spring the new growth starts to come through and we give another little boost of bone meal to get the roots going quickly and then a few weeks later a little sprinkling of what we recommend is actually vitax q4 or fish, blood and bone. And these feeds will keep the plant pretty well sustained. So you're not adding any sort of new compost there anywhere? You're not earthing them up in any way? The only thing that we usually do is aerate the pot. And some people have got pots that get very solid. So if you just make sure that you get a sharp utensil and puncture the compost several times, the bottom of a strong cane will do it, and aerate the soil completely. You can then sprinkle some light compost on the top, which will wash itself through in time. Yeah. I mean, that sounds very easy, doesn't it? What sort of depth of container is your sunny gym in, that one that's been there for five years? At the moment, it's sitting in a nine-inch pot, and it's, the pot is ten inches tall, so I can't quite remember what the actual description of the pot is. No, but you, you've given me the dimensions, that's all I need, yeah. yeah. Looking at the plant itself at the moment, it's sitting ten inches across, and I'm looking at 15 or 16 flowers on it, and in probably three weeks or four weeks, you won't see foliage at all. It'll look like the one that you saw in the States. And that's correct. I mean, I couldn't see any leaves... On, I think there were five or six different cultivars. Yes. And, and as far as I could see, they were just in one container. And all I could see was flowers. Uh, and mind you, the Californian weather would help, wouldn't it? Strong sunlight. Um, well, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing about them, uh, Peter, I might just uh, add, is, there, is their versatility. You know, you can put these plants in the garden. You can put them in pots. You can put them in wall, wall baskets. And they're absolutely lovely for people in city dwellers that have got small balconies. Because if you get yourself a little trough on a balcony and put your perennial violas in it, absolutely superb. You don't have to go out in the garden to deal with it. You can do your deadheading and your feeding and enjoying the fragrance on your own balcony. So they're so versatile. And now that we've got the cut flower issue into some of the varieties, it's nothing more than an extra attribute. You mentioned deadheading. It is worth uh, regularly deadheading them, is it? Because they will set seed, won't they? 
Well, it's nature's way, Peter, for all plants to, to want to continually uh, produce seed. And as you know, if you take those off, you're going to get more flowers coming through all the time. So, yes, and not only that, it keeps the plant in good health. Well, Rob, congratulations on uh, all that you've achieved. I can't wait to see uh, (laughs) even better things coming through, the breeder's objective. Uh, And I must get some myself. Uh, I can see picking some flowers and taking them into residential homes. I'm sure that uh, elderly people would love to uh, see and smell some of your hybrids. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Peter. Closing thought for the day. Old gardeners never give up. They just throw in the trowel. My thanks to Hayloft, sponsors of this podcast, and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.